This is section five of Mark Twain Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Pilgrim Life San Francisco, April fourteenth and fifteenth, eighteen sixty eight. Read by John Greenman. In conclusion, I will observe that even galloping as we did about the world, we learned something. The lesson of the excursion was a good one. It taught us that foreign countries are excellent to travel in, but that the best country to live in is America, after all. We found no soap in the hotels of Europe, and they charged us for candles we never burned. We saw no ladies anywhere that were as beautiful as our own ladies here at home, and especially in this audience. We saw none anywhere that dressed with such excellent taste as do our ladies at home here. I am not a married man, but—but but I would like to be. I only mentioned it in the most casual way, though, and do not mean anything—anything anything personal by it. We saw no government on the other side like our own, not just like our own. The Sultan's was a little like it. One of his great officers came into office without assent, and went out in a few years and built himself a palace worth three million. It brought tears to my eyes in that far foreign land. It was so like home. The Sultan confiscated it. He said he liked to see a man prosper, but he didn't like to see him get wealthy on two thousand a year and no perquisites. We saw no energy in the capitals of Europe like the tremendous energy of New York, and we saw no place where intelligence and enterprise were so widely diffused as they are here in our country. We saw nowhere any architectural achievement that was so beautiful to the eye as the national capital of America at Washington, and we saw nowhere any building that was, that was, just like our own Washington Monument. We saw no people anywhere so self-denying and patriotic and prompt in collecting their salaries as our own members of Congress. We saw nothing in Europe, Asia, or Africa to make us wish to live there, and when the voyage was done, and it was a very, very pleasant one, take it all together, we were glad to get back to our own country where moral and religious freedom prevail, where politicians are incorruptible, where accident policies are cheap, and where the chances to get your money back are good on all the railroads. Ah, I had rather live here than in Turkey, in Constantinople, with its beggars, its dogs, its ugly over-praised mosques, its sultan who has eight hundred wives and yet isn't happy. It is a perfectly unanswerable argument against matrimony. If a man can't be happy with 
eight hundred wives what chance is there for him with only one none in the world people tell me that it makes a man happy to have a woman love him and i used to be innocent enough to believe it before i went to constantinople theorizing is all very well but facts and figures are better if the love of just one woman could make a man so happy what ought to be the natural result if he had the love of eight hundred of them why he just simply couldn't stand so much bliss that is all he couldn't live through it such a deluge of deliciousness as that would be bound to swamp him he couldn't contain all that sweetness any more than a one-gallon jug could contain eight hundred gallons of sugar-house molasses sentiment is all very well but sentiment can't stand the test of mathematics travel hath made me wise and i warn the youth of blank to beware of matrimony it is a delusion and a snare i have seen it under its most favorable aspect and i ought to know whereof i speak it is my deliberate judgment that a man that a man wouldn't be happy with forty thousand wives the sultan of turkey talked to me like a father he saw that i sympathized with him and he opened his heart and told me all his troubles he said why governor you can't imagine the expense and the bother that all those women cost me why it isn't fifteen minutes ago since my ugliest wife and she is a spectacle to look at number six hundred and forty two i have forgotten her other name was in here trying to get me to buy her one hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry oh an ugly woman hasn't got any effrontery you know and another one number four hundred and twenty two came right after her with a black eye she'd had a fight with number seven hundred and sixty four and got the worst of it and then he said this great fat regiment of wives the manuscript breaks off here end of pilgrim life read by john greenman